0: Hey podcast people, how's it going? Azrin the language nerd here. Happy what is it today? Tuesday? No, Wednesday. Happy Wednesday afternoon or whatever day and time it is for you right now as you are listening to this podcast episode. I would like to invite everybody to our Valentine's Day party that is taking place online this Sunday. It is at 8:30 in the morning Calgary time. In Calgary we use Mountain Standard Time. That is the name of our time zone. That is 3.30 p.m. in Europe, in Central European time. So yeah, I would love it if you if you joined us. Uh, I'm going to put a link in the description of this podcast episode. Again, I don't know, I actually don't know if links are clickable in podcast episode descriptions. So if it is not clickable, maybe just send me a message on Instagram or Facebook. My username is at polyglotazrin, P-O-L-Y-G-L-O-T, A-Z or Z, depending on your country. R-E-N, and I will just send you the sign up link for that. Yesterday when I made this podcast, we had about nine or ten people signed up. Right now we have, I think, 15 or 16 people who are registered. So hopefully we get, uh, you know, four, five, six more people signing up per day. And by the time we get to Sunday, we have a nice group of, you know, 20, 30, 40 language learners across the planet. So without further ado, let's dive into today's podcast episode. And today's episode is about something really interesting. It's something I don't think I've talked about ever before. And it is that language equals power. Language equals power. Why does language equal power? Well, language equals power for a a wide variety of reasons. And there's so, there are many different ways you can interpret the statement, language equals power. In one way, you can interpret that statement because People who have a good grasp of language and who are eloquent, who speak well, are often viewed in a much more positive light. For example, when you see politicians who speak really, really well, it helps them when they, when they run for their presidency or when they run for office. When you have a, a CEO, a business owner, and they speak really well, you might think that they're really intelligent. Sometimes in school, even. I remember people that were really good with their words and spoke really well, and so everyone thought they're really smart, but in reality, they were actually not very smart. They were just good talkers. And so language is very useful or very powerful in in that kind of sense. Now, language is powerful. That statement is true in another respect as well, in perhaps a more indirect perspective, in the sense that the more deeply you understand your own language or really any language, but let's stick with your first language for now the more deeply you understand your first language the much uh, The deeper you understand the world around you as a whole Let me explain what I mean when I was a child I'm actually gonna open up my Instagram because I, I talked about this on my Instagram stories yesterday In a different sense, but I mentioned it. So my Instagram stories yesterday I was sharing some things from my childhood. I was sharing some 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 bands that I listened to when I was a kid or a teenager. I was sharing some things that I believed as a kid, and there were some things that came up that were language oriented. So as a child, for instance, I did not understand that in hockey that there were multiple teams. And the reason was that in my mind I didn't even really understand what a city was. I didn't have the concept of a city. I didn't understand that concept. I didn't really get it yet. I was too young. I was five years old, four years old, and the concepts of cities was new for my brain. I didn't know what a city was. Didn't know the word, and I didn't even really understand what the concept or idea of a city meant. So if you don't understand what a city means, and you don't have that concept in your mind, it becomes very difficult to understand that there are different hockey teams based on different cities. It's really hard to comprehend that concept. And so, and so, what I did as a child is I just assumed that there were only two hockey teams. One hockey team always had a lighter color jersey. One hockey team always had a darker color jersey. And I would just pretend it was some epic battle between good and evil. That's what I pretended. I had no idea what the point of the game was. I didn't understand it. All I thought is okay, there's some lighter jersey colored team and a darker jersey colored team. It's good and evil fighting it out and they're trying to beat each other. That's what I pictured. But that comes from the fact that I didn't have the vocabulary to even under- to understand hockey, the rules of hockey whatsoever, and I didn't have the knowledge of cities and how there's multiple teams for different cities across the across North America. Like I didn't have that knowledge. It was very difficult to comprehend. Right or even something like um, I remember in in Calgary where I live, we have these these street signs when you drive. And it's like a sign that has an X on it and there are these pedestrian signs, okay? And for me, I used to see it and I saw the letter X, but I didn't have any concept of what a pedestrian saw. sign was. I didn't know. That was a word I didn't know. So I was limited in my understanding of what the sign meant. So in my mind, I call them XTs. And I'd be like, mom, look, it's an XT. And she'd be like, yes, yeah, Azrin, it's an XT. <laughs> and so because my vocabulary was limited, my understanding of my own language was limited, it affected my under affected my understanding of the world around me so I think language in that sense also has a sense of power as well that when you have a good grasp of language and, and you are very specific with your language you have a good vocabulary you understand what words mean what they don't mean when you have a good grasp I think that also gives you a sense of of control and understanding over your life, which therefore translates as extra power over your own life, interestingly. And at least that's my perspective. That's, I think, a fair argument to be made. Maybe there's some holes in that argument because it literally is a thought that occurred to me today, but it was definitely something interesting that I wanted to share. Um, The other thing that I was thinking about today in terms of languages is how languages evolve over time. It's really interesting how languages evolve. There's always new expressions being created, being introduced, that people start to use. Things change, and it's just interesting. We don't even notice it happening. So, for instance, I saw someone post on their Instagram, or maybe it was their Snapchat or Facebook, some social network. I saw someone post something, and they wrote Y A S S. So, yes, but YAS, like YAS. <laughs> And she wrote queen, like a queen, like the queen of a country or the queen of a nation or queen of this of a dynasty or whatnot. So it's like y a s s queen. And of course, anyone who who uses a lot of social media and sees that kind of posts, like you've probably you've there's a good likelihood that you've seen that and you have an idea of what that would mean, right? And what kind of context you would use it in. But that, for example, I feel pretty confident in saying was not something that existed even 10 years ago. Even 10 years ago, that was not a common thing people would say. Referring to a girl as a queen, I mean, was that a thing? I'm trying to think now. I mean, to me, that feels recent. Referring to a woman or a girl as a queen, that feels like a recent development. Um, And then that concept of YASS, that definitely wasn't a thing pre-internet even like the early, early internet days i don't think that existed right that's that that was a, that was something that is that's something that's new in language or even something like if we go back and we think about um even the term catch uh what's that term catfishing the english term catfishing do you know where catfishing originated so the term catfish i'm pretty sure i'm about 80 percent sure on this Catfish if I'm not mistaken originated from a documentary. I actually want to google it right now I think catfish was a documentary. I'm just going to google it very quickly on my phone right now Um, Catfish Catfish documentary Yes, it was a documentary back in 2010 and I'm pretty sure that was when the term catfishing started to become way much more popular and to be honest, even if that's not quite true, the, the the interesting thing is that a lot of new terms, whether it's catfishing or whatever terms, a lot of them come from media. Media is often where they come from. Perhaps it's a TV show, right? Think about like something like Hasta La Vista, baby. Like, where does that come from? It came from a movie and that introduced a new kind of expression into how we speak and what we say and what we use right? Or if we look at, uh, what's the other one I was thinking of the other day? I was thinking of one, oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. I can't remember. Um, there's something I was thinking of just the other day. It's an expression that was introduced through another TV show. I can't remember. That's okay. But often changes in language are, have as a root, as a root cause or are caused essentially by, by the media tv shows movies social media right social media has definitely changed how we communicate even something like you know prior to social media when the internet was new asl meant something to people asl right now means american sign language asl used to mean age sex location back in the aol days we don't use asl anymore so that was a it was a a new introduction to language caused by the internet right and chat rooms aol chat rooms And it had its day, we used that term for a little while, and now we don't really use that anymore, do we? At least to my knowledge, we don't. And the young folk now, I mean, I'm still a young folk, but the teenagers nowadays, I'm not a teenager, the teenagers nowadays have their own things. Whenever I teach teenagers, often they have fun trying to teach me new expressions that I've never heard before, and they call me old, because I don't know what they mean. But I try to understand them, I try to learn, I try to keep up, because it interests me. Apparently, I have three boys, in grade 7, and they swear to me, like they're like, they're 100% sure that the word tank can mean resist. For example, they say, I tanked the attack. Someone attacked me and I tanked it. In a video game, for example. Meaning they resisted the attack. Because tanks are very strong and they resist things, right? They resist damage. They tanked it. And I was like, what? They tanked it? To me that's so bizarre, but they swear that's something people say. Or the expression, big mood. Big mood is a new expression that's arised. And of course it's generational, because I assume, well, maybe I'm wrong, but people I talk to anyway, in my age demographic, in my social circles, nobody says big mood. But whenever I talk to high school students, when I teach high school students and tutor them, they, I hear them frequently enough say big mood. I, I hear them say that, so it's fascinating. It's really interesting how that kind of thing happens language is constantly evolving due to the media due to social uh things that happen in 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 uh what's the word i'm looking for in society that's the word things that happen in society the media it affects our language usage and it tends to be generational it tends to be generational i find where someone in a specific age demographic speaks in a certain way but then someone else in a different age demographic might use some other expressions due to the the life experiences and media that they consumed it actually i actually wonder sometimes um if how do i say this i wonder if language evolves once you're a senior because i think everybody can agree with me when i say that when you're young teenager young adult There's a lot of new expressions and terms that they use. The kids use these expressions that adults don't always understand because we don't use them. So I think we could all come onto the same page and realize that, yes, when we're young, teenagers, things like that, preteens, young adults, there's a lot of changes that happen with language. We start using different phrases, different words. But I wonder if that happens at a senior level. I wonder if there's like a 69-year-old or a 78-year-old who you know, in their friend circle, someone said something, right? They said something and they thought it sounded cool. And all of a sudden, or maybe there's like a TV show that really pops in a senior demographic. And all of a sudden there's like an expression they're using in that, in that TV show. And all of a sudden seniors start to use a word that nobody else is really using. I wonder if that happens sometimes. I actually wonder, and I don't know what the answer is. It would be really cool if that was a thing. I encourage everybody to to Google uh, a person by the name of Susie Dent. I believe that's her name, Susie Dent. She's a British, uh, I believe her title is a lexicographer. She's super nerdy about language. She speaks German and English, and she's very nerdy about typically the English language to my knowledge. She does this, she has this book. I actually kind of want to get it. She has this book. I don't know what it's called, but if you Google it, I'm sure you'll find it. Where she did something to the effect of hanging out with different people in Britain, I believe it was in Britain, that came from different social circles. Like maybe she hung out with people who had this profession or that profession or this, you know, this age group, that age group. And she did studies of what kind of language they use. And she wrote a book about it, wrote a book about what she learned. I I really want to read it. It sounds fascinating to me. it even reminds me the last thing I'll say that I have to finish this episode here I have something else starting soon um, it's kind of like my uh, we had something spill on a couch in our house and my mom's like hey and go get the spot cleaner and I thought okay so I went to get the spot cleaner and the spot cleaner as I went to the basement to get it right I picked it up and I'm holding it thinking we call this a spot cleaner because we use it on the couch when there's spots. We get whenever, if we spill something, we spray the spot cleaner, we clean it up. But when I'm looking at the bottle, nowhere does it say spot cleaner. Like that's not what it's called on the bottle. It just had the name of the brand and I think it said stain lifter or something like that. And I was like, hmm, we call it a spot cleaner. In my head, it's a spot cleaner. I wonder if people have other words for it. And we just call it a spot cleaner, but other people have a different word it's really interesting. Language is so fascinating. It's, it's, it's global and yet it's also individual. It's, 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 it's small and very big. You know what I mean? It's narrow and very wide at the same time because we have certain things that we might say or a very small number of people say, but yet we still use language to communicate with the masses. It's really, really fascinating. Fascinating. Language is just so cool. Anyway, um, I guess we will talk uh, very, very soon. Thank you for listening. I hope to see you this Sunday at our Valentine's Day party. As I said, I'll put the link in the, in the, in the description of this podcast, or just send me a message on Facebook or Instagram at polyglotazrin, and I can send you the details. Hope to see you Sunday. Bye for now.